If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. Four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the uh, Steve Malzberg show here on TNT. Uh, yesterday, I told you two things. Number one, I told you that we were going to have Congresswoman Sparts on from uh, the great state of Indiana. She will join us tomorrow. Uh, scheduling, lots going on in the uh, in the Congress these days, today specifically, the uh, Speaker of the House and the uh, Majority Leader of the uh, Senate and the Minority Leader of the Senate and the uh, Democratic leader of the House, the four of them, met with Joe Biden talking about his spending bill that includes money for immigration. But, of course, Republicans want real immigration uh, security at the border. And even though the Hill.com had some kind of headline after that meeting that um, Speaker Johnson got pressured or something grinded or whatever by the White House, I just saw an interview with him where that headline was presented to him by Laura Ingram on Fox. And he said, I don't know where that came from. He's insistent upon having things that were passed in House Resolution 2, which passed uh, the House. That was the first uh, bit of business they took care of, or maybe the second, when the new Congress came in in uh, January of 2023. And it's Remain in Mexico has to go back. All kinds of things have to go back for border security. And I don't think the president's buying it. Democrats aren't buying it. And then they're going to blame Republicans. Oh, you know, the immigration reform that we presented this and they don't want it. Their plan is to allow 5,000 illegals into this country a day, a day. Uh, their plan is to again disperse people all over the country while they await their hearings and then they'll never come back for them their plan is same old same old more and more people coming into this country and i hope the republicans stick to their guns collectively as a party and say we will shut the government down if you don't protect our border you want money for ukraine's border you protect our border Ain't going to happen. We'll see what happens here. Okay, so that's one thing I told you about Congresswoman Sparks. She'll be tomorrow. I also promised you mucho mas Kamala Harris. And do we have Kamala Harris? When I promised you that, I had no idea she'd be at the center of the news today, that she'd be on The View and making news and all that kind of stuff. So let's start. I'm so, I'm so all day. I couldn't wait for this red light to come on, as they say, for the show to start, because if there's one thing I like better than Venn diagrams and school buses, it's presenting Kamala Harris to you. OK, so here we are. And this is what I mentioned yesterday. She shows up on the court in South Carolina the other day over the weekend. The South Carolina women's basketball team, the Gamecocks, are there and she talks to them like like they just won the women's championship or some such thing uh very weird in fact last year they made it to the final four south carolina women's college basketball team they were seated number one 
and they lost in the semifinal game to LSU. LSU wound up winning the championship. So it's not like they're the, they're the defending champions. They didn't win anything. They're 16-0, and or they were 16-0 and over, uh, when she met with them uh, over the weekend. 4-0 and in their conference. There's another team I, it, 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 that's like 14-0. and So it's not like, whoa, whoa. You know, so I, I, there's no, this team is like nothing super special, but you would never know it from Kamala, Mamala Kamala. And here we go with cut 210. can dream and know that our dreams are realized because of where you sit and we we're so very proud like so very proud thank you okay yeah boy don't you just want to be like kamala harris (laughs) all right so there was the presentation there was also a dog uh, there that someone let down on the floor and she she commented on the dog but here's here she is um you know, uh, 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 talking about uh, uh, to the women, and here's cut two eleven. On all of the success you've had, you just—I hope you all know how proud you make our country, and how you are inspiring people who you may never meet, people who may never know your names, because of the work you guys are doing, and because of your excellence. You understand that excellence is something that is achievable with hard work, with grit, with ambition. I encourage you always to dream with ambition. It's a good thing. And then you put the work into it and you put the effort into it. You put the sweat into it. You put the tears into it. And you are having an impact on people around our country, regardless of their gender. Because you're out here on this court hustling with talent and skill and grace. Unless Unless I'm missing something, and I could be, I could be. I don't know, maybe these women won an Olympic medal? Maybe these women, and I don't, you know, there was no Olympics there recently, or maybe these women uh, really didn't lose in the semifinal game last year at the uh, championships, the NCAA championships. I don't know what she's talking about. They're inspiring people all over the country. Really? People all over the country are talking about the, 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 the South Carolina Gamecock women's basketball team? What is she talking about? I have no idea. I have no idea. Now, I'm a sports guy. I have, I, I have no idea. And I don't think she does either. Here's, here's cut 212. And I don't think that people always understand how much personal character and courage it takes to say, for you guys, I'm literally going to get on the court in a place like this. And I'm going to give it my best. And yes, I intend to win. I may not sometimes, but I intend to win and I intend to compete. 
I intend to do it as a team? That's extraordinary character that somebody has. To have all those things in one person. Grit, ambition, <laughs> competition, team. Thinking of others as you think of yourself. An investment in yourself. <laughs> and each other. That's incredible. And you are inspiring so many people. I cannot say that enough. Oh my God. Oh my God. You, you come out on a court in a place like this and, and you, you're part of a team. Wow. And, and while you play, you, you, you think of others while you think of yourself. What the hell is she talking about? This woman, it, it, there's something wrong with her. Really? Because, but there's more here. But wait, you'll hear her talk to another school and also not know what she's talking about. Here's one more from her uh, rendezvous with the Gamecocks, 213. Sometimes I think increasingly people kind of have it upside down and think, the sign of strength is based on who you beat down. When you guys know the sign of your strength is based on who you lift up. And you lift up your teammates, you lift up your classmates. When the people are in these stands watching you, be they parents or students or kids, you're lifting them up. When people are out here saying, ah, oh, or they're saying yay, or they're saying all of the things that they say in response to the game, you're lifting them up with a sense of joy about being a part of a community. <laughs> we need that in our country to know we're not in this alone and that we're all in it together and that we're a community of people. We're not in it alone. We're all in it together and we're a community of people and we're a group. And where we share values and we share common interests. And what, first of all, what is she talking about? This applies to every single sports team from Little League, from Sandlot to Little League to junior high school to high school to college to pro in, in, in the world. But let's stick to the United States. What is she, what's special about this team? You play a game in a place like this? I mean, this is insanity. It really is insanity. Like, these are the only people doing it. Wow. And people say, yay. I mean, folks, there's, this, there's something wrong here. I mean, really, really wrong. Now, let me take you back to last year. <laughs> she shows up at Howard University uh, during the uh, Sweet 16. I, I don't know where the game was being played, but Howard University, where she went, okay? And Howard University was in that bracket, the, 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 the last seed. They were the 16th seed out of 16 teams. They had just lost to Kansas in the in the game in the opening game 
96 to 68. 96 to 68. They got killed. They got killed. During the season, I know they were 22 and 13 um, overall. Decent. Not great by any means. Not, not even exceptional. Just, you know, decent. Well, Kamala Harris never saw anything like these guys. Oh, my God. Um, so here she is uh, last year in March, March Madness. Maybe that was her excuse then. She was mad with March Madness. I don't know what you call last week. Um, January, I don't want to say it. Anyway, here it is from Howard University, her, her greeting the team, uh, 214. You guys are so good. You guys are so good. You played hard. You played to the very last second. You made all us bison so, so proud. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute. You guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second you did not stop. And that is so inspiring. So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. Because you showed the world who Bison are. Right? I mean, you, literally what you have done is in historic proportion. <laughs> they just got killed, swept off the floor by number one, Kansas. 30 points. You guys were so great. Really, I mean, look, how, this woman, I don't know what she's qualified to do, but it's not to have anything to do with running our country or putting her input into the free world. Now, I understand that, God forbid, if she were to become president, Barack Obama would be telling her what to do, like he's telling Joe what to do. So it really doesn't matter. But this woman, if you didn't know who she was, and I played you these things, and I explained just like I explained, you know, Gamecocks, you know, lost last year, the final four, first game, semifinals. It's the middle of the season now. They haven't accomplished anything yet. They've, they're undefeated, but big deal. And Howard University got killed in the first game, you know, of the NCAAs, blah, blah, blah. And you'd say, well, there's something wrong with this woman. Like, who is she? What is she doing something? I'm not accusing her of drinking or doing stuff, but you would think she is. I'm not saying I think it, but if you didn't know, what the hell is she talking about again? And uh, let's go to uh, cut uh, to 15. You know, I was at Howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game. <laughs> Much less getting to this place, right? And I see Bison literally all over the world. And we've been talking about you, this team, this team, you all, this team, this year, this team. You make us so proud. So I know you may not be feeling great right now. Okay? But know who you are. You are excellence. You are hard work. You are powerful. And you are winners. All right? So please know that. Please know that. And I'll see you later. All right. I got to go find more bison. 
<laughs> of course, Bison is the name, you know, the, the mascot of the team, the, the, the Bison. The, I, but again, again, okay, so when they made the NCAA tournament, okay, but they got killed in the first game they played. It was over, and they had a mediocre – I mean, they made it, yeah, but their record was nothing. The point is, you know, how come she didn't say to them, you know, the people cheer and you're part of a team and 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 you 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 think about other people when you're on the court as well as yourselves you're part of a community i mean wow wow now <laughs> this is from instagram this is megan kelly who also can't take it when it comes to kamala harris and she picked on something else that kamala says over and over and over again she says a lot of things over and over and over again and uh here's <laughs> here's cut 216. she says it all the time you would think her speech writers would say madam you've said that too many times nobody knows what the f you're talking about but she keeps saying it over and over in sot 16 listen for yourself today we celebrate the legacy of reverend dr martin luther king jr a visionary who saw what could be unburdened oh God. by what had been. Can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been, you know? What oh can God. be unburdened by what has been. What can be <laughs> unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. She has no profundities to offer, and it's very clear to all of us, and she could very well be our next president if Joe Biden gets reelected. Scary, scary stuff. And if she is elected, I mean, if she does, uh, you know, get to be president one day, she will be <laughs> unburdened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God, help us all. This woman has the mental capacity or the i don't i don't know i mean how did she how did she how did she get to the position of u.s senator how did she get to the position she had in california the state of california box 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 i mean she had a, she was elected people voted for her wow 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 now she said i, I bring this up because she said martin luther king's birthday okay at the one of the one of those many uh, uh, repetitive remarks you just made. Martin Luther King told a story to Playboy magazine, and I think it was 1965, about a, a civil rights march where he saw a young girl uh, who was lost, approached by a policeman, and he said something like, what do you want? Or what do you? And she said, freedom, freedom. But she's a little girl, so she said, freedom. Well, don't you know the same thing happened to Kamala Harris? Go figure! The same exact thing that Martin Luther King Jr. told Playboy magazine in an interview in the 60s that he saw, the same thing happened to Kamala Harris. But it happened to Kamala Harris. She didn't just see it. She was the girl. And this uh, story here is told, the soundbite is played by uh, The Five and Jesse um, Waters uh, on Fox. Here is cut 217. Harris has repeatedly said this happened when she went to a civil rights rally as a young girl. 
My wow. mother used to have a very funny story, but I was fussing and, and, and she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, and this is how she would say it. And she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, freedom. No. <laughs> Her story very similar to one MLK told about a black girl and a white police officer. He said, quote, what do you want? The policeman asked her gruffly, and the little girl looked at him straight in the eye and answered, feed him. What a coincidence. I mean, what a coincidence. What are the odds? What are the chances that Kamala would say, as a little girl, would say the same thing that Martin Luther King Jr.'s little girl that he saw, not his little girl, but the one he saw with the white officer, said the same, they said the same exact thing. Isn't that a coincidence? I'm sure Kamala didn't lift that story. What are you thinking? Are you kidding me? She stole that story from Martin Luther King Jr.? No, not our Kamala. She's unburdened for what could be from what was what was. Remember that. And the fact that she loves Venn diagrams means there's no way she stole that story from MLK Jr. Oh, man. Wow. All right. No, we're not finished with her. <laughs> um, she was on The View. She was on The View today. Does she fit in perfectly with the imbeciles, Whoopi, Joy, uh, Ana Navarro? I don't even know if Ana Navarro was there today. So let's get to it and start with the questions here to, uh, to uh, Kamala. And we have cut number 218. The president has made saving democracy the, the center of his campaign. And many of us, I think every one of us at this table understands the damage and this, the fear of January 6th and all that happened. But it's been three years since then and a lot of minds are already made up. Attacks on Trump are not moving the needle. In fact, 91 indictments are not moving the needle. Um, Voters want to hear about issues affecting their lives, like the economy and the border. Should the campaign be pivoting on its messaging? Well, let's talk a little bit about how you're going to go after the other side. Sure. Because some heavy-hitting uh, Democrats are sounding the alarm behind closed doors. Uh, President Obama reportedly has said that he thinks the Biden campaign is too complacent when it comes to Trump. Uh, Representative Jim Clyburn has said the campaign isn't breaking through the MAGA wall. Um, Michelle Obama says she's terrified, as we are, uh, about the potential outcome of the election. Now, are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? Now, she will address that. She'll answer that in a second. But we got more uh, of the questions uh, from The View. Here's 219. Donald Trump is facing 91 felony counts across four different indictments for a variety of crimes. Yet ABC's latest poll has President Biden's approval rating at 33% behind Donald Trump's. In head-to-head matchups in a number of battleground states, Donald Trump edges you and President Biden out. What does it say that the party is struggling to compete with an unfit man who is very likely going to jail? <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> this is the last part of that. So, um, let's start with this. Um, you know, people are uh, saying that Biden is too old. We hear it constantly. I, I, I've met him many times. He seems very robust. He told me he works out every day. Yeah. I see him on television. All right, you know, I'm the same age, so I resent that remark. 
But besides that, the other side seems doddering to me. He's eating cheeseburgers, he's overweight, he's always in a golf cart. I mean, why is Biden getting the bad rap and not Trump? I don't get it. Okay. I, 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 there's, I, there's nothing needs to be said, but because I'm running a show here, is she kidding? First of all, just because you're Biden's age, joy brain surgeon, doesn't mean that he is the same as you or you are the same as him. No two people are alike in, in, in just about any regard, certainly when it comes to cognitive ability as they get older. We know that. We all see it. And that's a stupid remark to make. And I, 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 I talked to him and he told me he worked out every day. Oh, he works out every day. And you don't get it. You just don't get it. You haven't seen him fall. You haven't seen him after a speech. Like, how do you get off the stage? Last time they had Jill come up, the doctor, and lead him off by the hand. You haven't seen him mumble and stumble and fall asleep. We haven't seen any of that and heard him lie over and over again. You haven't seen any of that, huh, Joy? At Trump, he's overweight and eating something and always in a golf cart. So he's the one that, that they should be questioning. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what the heck? Again, she, Kamala's in the right place. And here she uh, she responds, cut to 20. I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run mm. for office, either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as we know, and certainly this is a, a table of very powerful women, we don't run away from something when we're scared. We fight back against it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right? We do. So, right? Yeah. Uh, so many of us know when we are scared for the future of our children, do we then stay in bed with the covers over our head? Nope. No. We can't. <laughs> we can't. Cannot. No. We cannot. No, we cannot. We cannot. No. One more, uh, then we're going to take a break, and we have a special guest, and then we'll get back to uh, Kamala. But I want to do one more. She continues here on The View, uh, cut 221. And this is where this election requires, rightly, that President Biden and I and, and all of us who are part of this administration, we got to earn re-election. There is no question. We got to be on the road. Listen, since the, in the last two weeks, I've been to Georgia. I've been to Nevada. I've been to North Carolina. I've been to South Carolina twice in the first two weeks of this year. I will be out on the road. We have to earn the re-elect and we have to communicate what we have achieved. Yes. And, and that is going to be one of our big challenges. We've done a lot of good work. We need to net, let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God help us. Okay, let's put Kamala on hold because, I mean, how much can you really take in, in, in the first dose? So we'll get back to her. But first, we take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about uh, Texas, uh, the state, uh, and what the Biden administration is accusing Texas of falsely. They have to know it's falsely, but they don't care. Um, three illegals drowned in their attempt to uh, come into this country illegally. And uh, the Biden administration is blaming the governor of Texas for those drownings, even though the DOJ says, uh-uh, 
Didn't happen that way. Doesn't matter. That and more. Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. Hey, maybe that's the problem. Maybe Kamala's mind is like a computer and it needs to be rebooted or something. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Steve Malsberg here on TNT. And uh, we welcome back to the show um, former Republican congressional candidate from the great state of Texas. She's also the Texas State Director of Americans for Prosperity. We say hello to Genevieve Collins. Hello, Genevieve. How are you? My friend, very well. Glad to see you. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad I'm glad you're here. And um, there's so much going on and so much of it involves the state of Texas. And I want to get to um, an exchange with Corinne Jean-Pierre and a, and a, a, a White House uh, uh, press person in a minute or two. But um, you wrote a piece in, in, in the New York Post recently about Texas and why people are coming to Texas. Talk about the state, its, its growth, its appeal, its appeal. I mean, I know that compared to states like California, New York, New Jersey, Texas has great appeal to many, many people. So talk about um, what some of that appeal is. Well, Steve, I feel like I just, my job that I want is to be the ambassador of Texas and to just tell people <laughs> all across the country how great this place is. So forgive me to all of your listeners for sounding like a typical Texan, but this is a great state to live in. You know, we have no we have no state income tax and our tax tax advantages are 
incredible and heavily outweigh what's happening in your home state, in New York, in California. You know, when you have uh, the state giving taxpayers back $18 billion of the taxpayer money, seen in the form of property tax reductions at an average cost of about $1,300 off of your annual property tax bill, plus our state legislature increased the homestead exemption from $40,000 to $100,000. So basically the first $100,000 of your home, you can write off and you don't have to pay taxes on. Not just that, we have a phenomenal business environment. We have no income tax, no state in. And I think it's just a place where not a whole friend, right, but um, there's I, an agreement you can, and why do it freezing your butt off? Well, that that's another thing. Uh, it, it, well, so, in some places, though, you'll uh, you'll actually um, roast your butt off in Texas. It's, it gets very hot, uh, and they do have their cold <laughs> periods. But 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 of course, the the, the main um, area of concern, and the governor has been so great in coming up with uh, really. Um, you know, uh, off the top of his head, kind of on the go, on the run, uh, as they're needed remedies for the illegal immigration, I, I, you know, calamity that's taking place uh, in this country. But of course, it's Texas is is uh, ground zero for what's going on, along with some other states, but Texas in particular. And you know, the busing of the uh, the immigrants. Uh, let me start with that. When you hear the mayors of New York, in particular and Chicago and others where these buses have landed, you know, signing executive orders, banning the buses from coming, telling the calling Abbott all kinds of names. Uh, he can't he can't keep this up. And, and meanwhile, these these cities still call themselves sanctuary cities, but they don't want the responsibility of being a sanctuary city. Right. What do you how, how do you and people in Texas react to those mayors? I mean, we think they're completely ridiculous, just flat out. If you want to have a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants to come to your city, if you want to house those people in five-star hotel rooms or ask your own constituents of people like the governor of uh, Massachusetts who asked people to open up their homes to illegal immigrants that no one knows, you know, we, we think it's absolutely absurd. We are ground zero dealing with not just a migrant crisis. This is a humanitarian crisis. This is a crisis on epic proportions. And what Governor Abbott has done is force every other state to share the burden. We take the first brunt, and it's important that every state realizes that they are a border state. Yeah, we and by can't the way, do this alone. And clearly we are. Yeah. And, and by the way, Genevieve, this is this has gotten to where now uh, in New York uh, you have uh, Eric Adams talking about. First of all, they they made um, a, a high school in Brooklyn, New York, close for a couple of days so they could move the illegals from wherever they were in a park or the streets into shelter. So they chose a high school. They told the parents, keep your kids home, let them learn online or via Zoom. And they put the illegals in the school. Now, I think they're out. But but the next steps are the city offering money, not only to churches um, and those kinds of facilities to take illegals in, but get this, to homeowners who have an extra room or whatever. They're willing to pay homeowners. I don't know how much. Hey, take them in. So, so that brings people 
um, you may not care who's in your your home. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you don't have a wife, whatever. Uh, maybe you feel confident in your ability to, to deal with other people. But your neighbor, your neighbor next door, across the street, whatever, you don't know if these people have a criminal record. You don't know if they have a health problem. You don't know anything. And now they're coming into neighborhoods. And I'm telling you, I predict. And when it happens, uh, Genevieve, you could say, I was on with Steve Malsberg, and he, he said this on um, uh, whatever it is, January uh, 16th uh, or 17th, uh, 2024. Now it's voluntary. But soon or eventually, whether it's a week, a month, a year or a decade, you will have to take what you live in a house with three bedrooms and you live alone. You have to take in illegals and you won't be paid for it. I'm telling you that will happen. So um, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a couple of sound bites um, uh, for the folks. And it, it, it's regarding the, uh, the, the situation where the three migrants, um, I think a woman and, and, and at least one child drowned, where the Biden administration is accusing Governor Abbott of being responsible, claiming he didn't let Border Patrol get to these people. But DOJ is even saying these people were dead an hour before anybody even you know saw them and could get to them so they it didn't happen the way that uh that uh, the white house says it happened yet corinne jean pierre refused to correct the record when she was asked so let's go to cut number 226. will the administration then amend its separate statement um that imply that texas officials were responsible for the deaths of three migrants um when in fact they had nothing to do with it. They had already been dead for an hour by the time Mexico told uh, anyone in the U.S. about it. And the administration admitted as much in their court filing. They, they acknowledged that in their court filing, but the statement from the White House implies that Texas was responsible. And a number of outlets were forced to issue corrections and editor's notes because of that White House statement. So will the White House amend that statement? So let's be sensitive here. Three people died. Three migrants died. Two children and a woman. That was devastating devastating situation, heartbreaking situation. So let's be really mindful of what we're talking about here. Yes. So let's be uh, really mindful of what we're talking about here. I mean, this is a specific, sure, it's, it's heartbreaking. Absolutely, it's heartbreaking. But to, to, to arbitrarily, you know, accuse the governor of Texas of being responsible because you say he did something that he did not do, that even if these 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 right. even if he let the border agents go through, it was too late. They were dead an hour. They were dead for an hour. They had drowned an hour before. So this is insane. This is what the White House and the Democrats and the left do. do. So here's uh, here's uh, more from uh, this uh, this exchange. Cut number two twenty seven. I want to take a step back and uh, and um, just as you're talking about our statement, uh, look. As I, as I mentioned, a woman and two children died. They drowned near Eagle Pass, which is, as I said, devastating, and that Texas officials blocked Border Patrol from access, accessing the area. That's what was happening at that time. Uh, our statement is consistent with DOJ's filing. As the DOJ filing said, there was an ongoing emergency situation that Border Patrol was blocked from accessing. There were other migrants in the in the water as well. But I'm just saying there was, was separate. There was an ongoing. The, the White House statement implies it says the White House statement says that Texas officials blocked U.S. Border Patrol from attempting to provide emergency assistance to 
There were other there were other migrants in the water. Then why wasn't well. that included in the there statement? There were other migrants in the water. That, that, that that's what you were our, referring to. Our statement is does, is very very much consistent with DOJ filing. Anything else specific you want to know about that? I would certainly refer you to DOJ. <laughs> so uh, Genevieve, I know you're with us oh on the God. phone, um, and I thank you for 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 yeah. you know uh, perse perseverance. What do you, what do you make of this? I mean, those people again were dead. Uh, an hour before Border Patrol could have done anything for them, and yet she refuses to, you know, take back what they said about the scenario and blaming uh, Governor Abbott. I mean, I have a lot of choice words for this woman, personally, <laughs> um, because what comes out of her mouth, I don't know how her jump here goes to sleep at night with a clear conscience. But here's the thing. The federal government is solely responsible for protecting our borders. That is their job. And Kamala Harris, the border czar, was supposed to actually help solve this issue, and she has done nothing. Furthermore, the Biden administration has done nothing to blame and put blood on Texas, uh, Texas Department officials or Texas officials' hands is just unconscionable, untrue, and intellectually poor. It's intellectually sad that they can't actually deal with the real policy issue at hand, in addition to dealing with the devastation of losing lives in this crisis, this migrant surges. This is unbelievable that the Biden administration, I mean, I wish I could say it's unbelievable. It's so commonplace now because they refuse to deal with any issue regarding the border, refuse to take right. any blame. And we keep in Texas having to brunt the bear of what is going on here. Our cities, and, our and towns, by the way, by, our communities by, can't handle anymore. By the way, uh, don't forget the whipping, the alleged whipping that the border guards were doing to the migrants. They were whipping them with their whatever they have uh, from Which the is, riding on their horses. And of course, that never happened right. yeah right it was it's found to be that way it's it's it is disgusting hey listen genevieve thank you so much always a pleasure to speak to you uh keep enjoying the great state of texas and keep uh, helping to make it greater and greater and we'll speak to you again thanks my friend can't wait for you to move down here one day <laughs> well, I got a cowboy hat and I got a couple of pair of boots, so uh, I'm kind of ready. All right. Take care. Genevieve right, Collins, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Genevieve Collins. And of course, she is the um, director of the uh, Texas State uh, Director for the Americans for Prosperity. And she ran for Congress. Maybe she'll run for Congress again one day. All right. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties. Uh, we will uh, come back. We have one final segment left in the hour. And we got more Kamala, 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 Kamala coming up uh, right here on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I can't overemphasize how important it is not to be excited about last week's Epstein drops. We haven't learned anything of much value from them. In fact, all the valuable information, all the videotapes, the client list, etc., is still under lock and key at FBI headquarters, controlled by FBI Director Christopher Wray. This blackmail information gives Wray as much power as his crooked, corrupt predecessor, J. Edgar Hoover, who blackmailed every president under whom he served in half of D.C. to boot, if you're to believe the stories. And make no mistake, that's exactly what this is, blackmail material. That's why Jeffrey Epstein had security cameras in every nook and cranny of every house he owned. That's why he had hundreds, if not thousands of hours of video recordings of very prominent people with underage girls and allegedly boys. 
whether it was CIA or FBI, MI5 or MI6, Mossad or several of these, doesn't matter. The fact is, Epstein was running an intelligence community honey trap. And the fact is that the real material will never see the light of day. If you doubt this, consider the coincidence of Epstein fixer Michael Sitnik having his servers stolen just the preceding weekend. There are no coincidences. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. My dad was a farmer. The guy was bigger than life. He wasn't someone that liked to show his emotion or liked to show when he was struggling. But we all struggle. I want to show emotion to my kids. It's something that brings me so much joy. And I want them to see me working through things. Allow your kids to know that it's okay to struggle, that even dad doesn't know the answer sometimes, but we're going to figure it out together. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hi, folks. Welcome back. I want to remind you to uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk. Uh, also, uh, it, of course, it's X, not Twitter, but you know, you know what I mean. And also, Malzberg Show. Uh, you could follow me there. And uh, Facebook.com slash Steve M. Talk. And uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Steve M. Talk. Now, back to Kamala on The View. Uh, here, we have uh, Alyssa Farrah Griffin asking uh, Kamala a question. And it is cut number two. Two, two. Madam Vice President, on that, um, I have to ask about border security. So 2023 was the biggest year for illegal border crossings with resources, resources stretched, fentanyl pouring into the country, cities pushed to the brink. Do you think this is a crisis and what is being done to address the root causes of our immigration problem? I think the segue couldn't be more perfect because, listen, first of all, everyone knows our immigration system is broken. Right. Okay. The first bill that we dropped, the first bill that we offered right after inauguration was to fix the immigration system, a comprehensive plan to deal with the immigration system. Do you think they've taken it up? No. We want solutions. The solutions are at hand. But frankly, we're in an election year Uh and the folks who want to return Donald Trump to the White House would prefer to talk about a broken immigration system instead of focusing on the solutions that are at hand. Again, with the that are in hand or at hand. Okay, here's 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 the thing. She she lies through her teeth. She's not only an idiot, but she she's a liar. this this bill that we dropped, she's talking about the Senate. So it's not like the president dropped a bill. She said, we. What the president did do on day one was sign executive order after executive order affecting immigration, overturning so many of the things that Donald Trump had put in place, which resulted, which resulted in limiting illegal immigration in this country. He couldn't wait. Well, he was told not to wait, in my opinion, to get that pen out, baby, and start signing. No more remain in Mexico. Uh, No more funding for the wall. And and all these programs that Trump had, um, the, the probation, everything, he overturned it all. And because he overturned it all and did away with the safeguards that Trump had put into place, guess what happened? We have unprecedented record immigration, illegal immigrants coming into this country every single day. 
It's been that way for three years, almost four years. Well, three years. And she blames it on Republicans because we dropped a bill and they haven't taken it up. You mean the bill that says legal, give a path to citizenship for all the illegals who are here now? That bill, that ain't happening. And they know it. And every bill that they drop contains the same garbage. Path to citizenship. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen. And she, she's the immigration czar. That was her job. And she, and, and the best she could come up with is three years ago, we dropped a bill and they haven't done anything with it. What have you done? She wasn't even at, and I don't think it's because she didn't want to go. She wasn't even at the, the meeting with the president of Mexico uh, last month with who else was there? Uh, Homeland Security Secretary, who should be impeached and probably will, I hope. Um, who else was there? Secretary of State. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. Was she not asked to go? I don't know, because nobody in the media has ever asked that question to her or to the White House, as far as I know. So the immigration czar doesn't, doesn't go to a meeting with the president of Mexico. And her answer is, well, three years ago, we dropped a bill. Oh, so why were you made czar? If there was a bill and, and, and everything would hinge on whether or not that bill is passed or not passed, why, why, what, what, was, what was your title? What were you doing? I'm supposed to find out the, 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 uh, the, the um, ultimate cause for, that, make one, that make these people want to come here and want to leave their countries. Oh, like I give a darn about that. For the most part, you got people who are legitimately their lives are threatened, you know, they're whatever. OK, but that's not that's not the majority of people coming over. They're told what to say. This is this is an invasion of our country, an invasion. And these are the same people, the same people who say abortion is health care when abortion is killing an unborn baby. The same people's or it's a woman's rights or her body. You can't tell her what to do with her body. They're the same people who say crazy, crazy things like we're all immigrants. No, I'm not an immigrant. My grandparents were immigrants, but we're a nation of immigrants. No, we're not. We're not. We we all have relatives who came from somewhere legally for the most part overwhelmingly for the most part but i'm not an immigrant but the left will tell you we're all we're all immigrants <laughs> that that's the redefinition of another word i've been through that before racism man woman you know uh, the, down the whole list but you could add immigrant uh, you could add immigrant to it as well as long as you i don't know if you live in this country you're an immigrant how? I don't know. If you were born here, you're still an immigrant. How? I don't know. Because they changed the definition of immigrant. That's how. All right, we got one more, I do believe, and it's 223. What are you doing to work with Republicans to try to solve this issue once and for all? We offered a bill. We have offered the that there would be, in the Senate, we have offered that there will be a, a bipartisan work to fix it. It literally was the first bill we passed. And I think it's critically important that we understand that there are 
petty politics at play on this issue as much as anything. We need solutions. The solutions are at hand. We have to work on them together. We have offered, for example, that in our security pass package coming up, $14 billion that we would like them to approve Which Senate to, address, to address yes. this issue yeah. and Senate Republicans support it. So, hey, let's all participate in solutions if we want to call ourselves leaders. <laughs> not one specific, not one. How are you working with Republicans now? So that's not an answer. We passed a bill three years ago. That's how you're working with Republicans. We passed a bill three years ago, and I'm the bill would update uh, the Registry Act. But da, 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 da. I'm looking though to see uh, what is this an immigration bill? Why are the Democrats? What is the immigration? I mean, I, you know, the House passed a bill. The House passed a bill in January of 2023, HR2. So what does that mean? They passed a bill. You passed a bill. How are you working with Republicans to solve this? Well, like I said, we passed a bill. Oh, we dropped the bill. That's, a, you know. And, and remember, and I did not play this soundbite for you uh, earlier, and maybe I should have, because it reinforces uh, something that I say often. To quote the great Kamala Harris, who's so way ahead of her time as a, uh, as a thinker, as a linguist, uh, as a, uh, a, a, an inspirer, an inspiration to all. This is the most election coming up of our lifetime. It is the most election of our lifetime. Now, I've played that for you before. I should have had that loaded today. I didn't. That's what she actually said. This dimwit actually said this is the most election of our lifetime not most important not most consequential not you know not uh, what whatever no it's the most she said that what does that mean does anybody know what that means it's the most election of our lifetime doesn't matter doesn't matter she said it so to the left it doesn't matter okay folks whoo the congresswoman tomorrow uh, an expert uh, for, on uh, freedom of speech and censorship from the Media Research Center, a study they did showing the Biden administration influencing education, censorship and education in this country. All that tomorrow. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, 9 p.m. Eastern right here on TNT.